We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did this shit my whole life. Mm-hmm. Did this shit my whole life. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this, uh, what would you call this, boss? Special episode? Yeah, yeah. No uh, no theme to it, kind of just... A little MMA-ish. A little, little MMA, a little, little gambling, a little everything in between. So we figured we have the MMA and the degenerates yeah, yeah. take the reins on this one. Well, we're the ones who took the trip. <laughs> That's true, too, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, boss and I are here. We're going to tell you guys a little bit about our Atlantic City trip a couple weeks ago. We also went to go cover the event. Shout out to the patrons. Which was CFFC 72. Yeah, CFFC 72. It's the promotion that our buddy Jared was fighting at before he signed with the UFC. And they've had a lot of big names fight in the UFC from there. One of the biggest regional uh, promotions around. They had guys like... Aljamain Sterling and Jimmy Rivera, who just fought last week, both came from there. Who They tried to fight on the earth. Shane Burgos, uh, Jared. Anthony Smith, who's fighting for the titles, was had his banner in the rafters because he's the, the latest middleweight champion yeah, prior he's... to uh, our guy Jonathan Webb fighting for the title last weekend. Um, but, yeah, there's been a ton of talent that comes from there, like a pipeline. Paul Felder, mm-hmm. who does commentary now and obviously still fights, had a win uh, last weekend. So, yeah, I mean, they're just – they're the best at it. And – uh we saw it this weekend. I mean, it was a great show, great card, all about it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously we uh, want to give a shout-out to all you Patreon members. You guys helped uh, – have been supporting the show and whatnot, so we were able to go and cover the event yeah. over there. And what you're going to hear now is an interview that we had with our guy, Jonathan Webb, who was uh, fighting on this card. Right. He was challenging for the middleweight title. UFC veteran, has a mm-hmm. couple fights in the UFC. Um, so yeah, it was real interesting to talk to him because he also trains 
at the BMF Ranch, which is down in Cowboys Theroni's camp, uh, time to time. So, yeah, it was definitely a fun interview for us and couldn't have been possible without the patrons. Yeah, for sure. So shout out to you guys and enjoy this quick little interview that we did with Jonathan Webb from the CFFC. All right, so we're here in AC. We got Jonathan Webb here. He's challenging for the, the middleweight championship tonight against Kyle Dawkins. Um, what was that like? How did that fight come about? Because I know you were scheduled to fight at your normal weight, 70, and then last minute things got switched up, and now you're fighting for the title. Yeah, um, you know, I was getting ready for 170, uh, and then the opportunity just came up, and I remember thinking about my last two weight cuts, and I was like, you know what, it'll be nice not to cut down the 170. Let me just go up and take the challenge at 185, and I don't think he's like a big explosive 85er. I think he's tall and long, but everyone I fight is tall and long, so I figured it's not going to make a difference at all. So I just took it. I actually called and asked for the fight, and, uh, and they gave it to me. Is that, a, is that the kind of thing that you got to jump on that opportunity? Yeah, I mean, when opportunities arise, you, you, you have to take them. So uh, it's a big fight. It's a title fight. You know, I was a welterweight champion before, uh, but when I left and went to the UFC, my teammate actually won the welterweight belt, and I'll never fight him. He's my best friend. He's my little brother. Uh, and he's been killing it at 170. So uh, I kept fighting at 170, you know, but I, the belt was never in my mind. So when 185 belt came up, I was, you know, I thought it was an awesome opportunity to, to get another belt. Right. So that guy is Sean Brady. So you guys both, like you said, teammates out of Henzo Gracie Philly. Um, what's that like fighting on the same card as him? Like two beasts at 70, training, going through the same training camp, the same grind, all leading up to tonight. What's what's that like? It's uh, it's the best, man. Like he really is the best training partner you can have because, you know, like I said, he's he's like my best friend and my and my little brother. Uh, but we talk shit to each other the entire time we train. We push each other the yeah. entire time we train. It's you know every day we're getting better because we keep picking up the intensity and keep pushing each other to be better you know a lot of people just get comfortable with each other and you know don't push each other to their limits every day we're getting pushed to the limits if I'm slacking he's gonna try to take my head off he's gonna you know he's gonna try to hurt me and you know the same thing in a fight and you have to be prepared for that and we feel prepared yeah you always hit your friend a little harder too sometimes just to yeah. like you know wake him up a bit yeah you know uh like Donald Cerrone is one of my good friends too, and uh, I usually before his fights, I'm the one who like warms up with him. Uh, he'll, you know, just be throwing punches and knees and kicks at me, no shin pads on, and uh, usually I'm telling him like, listen, I'm your friend and you're hitting me hard back here. You better go hit that guy out there harder than you're hitting me, you know. And sometimes you do hit your friends harder than than the people that you're fighting. How did that relationship come about? Because I remember last time I was here, I think it was summer of 17. You yeah. were the main event on that card, and the Cowboy was actually in town. We were hanging out. Cool dude having some brew. So how did you guys wind up, like, crossing paths and yeah, training so, together? So uh, a few years ago, uh, I just fought for a title. I actually won the Cage Fury welterweight title. I uh, fought on a Saturday night. Next, The next day on Sunday, uh, Paul Felder, who was one of my training partners, main training partners as well, was like, hey, my buddy Cowboy – need some people to train with you want to go out to the ranch and i was like you know that sounds like a good idea i was like when does he want us to go and he's like today <laughs> so we literally got a flight booked we left sunday you know oh, and uh i went out there and then me and him just kind of clicked we you know all that crazy stuff he likes doing i like 
it was fun. I was having fun doing it, and uh, training-wise, we, we clicked, and we just kind of, you know, grew a good friendship. And I go out there all the time and, and try to help him as much as I can. Yeah, he's one of the top fighters right now. He's got some momentum behind him, too. Yeah, we're, we're pulling for this McGregor fight. Uh, we really think that it, it may be happening. Uh, I mean, there's some other options. Uh, opportunities or different opponents for McGregor, but Cowboy looks like he's in the number one spot right now. Yeah, and it, it's also good how Connor tweeted at him afterwards, and yeah. it, it, it just feels like Connor got a lot of pull where he could get the fights that he wants. Yeah, it'll be a huge pay per view sale. Like, who's more American than Cowboy, and who's more Irish than, yeah. than uh, yeah, Budweiser, yeah. proper whiskey? I mean, it's going to be a huge sale, a huge draw. You know, if they do it in Vegas or Texas or even Ireland, wherever they want to do it, it'll be. I think it'll be a good sell for them. So, what do you normally walk around at? Because I know our buddy, we're we're really good friends with Jared, and he yeah. was telling us stories about like weight cutting, man, and like yeah. some of these stories you hear about people dropping like 25, 30 pounds. Yes. So, what what are you normally at? So, me and Jared are like in the same boat. Where we're not like big, huge, muscular guys, and people think that we weigh lighter than what we do. I walk around at 205 pounds, like easy. Like if I look at food, I'm 200 pounds, yeah. you know, and, uh, that cut to 70, you know, now that I'm getting closer to 30, I'm going to be 30 in, you know, a month. So, uh, the weight cuts have been a lot harder. I used to walk around closer to 170. Uh, so again, that's why I jumped on this opportunity. I was like one less weight cut I had to do. Every time I do a weight cut, it feels like it's taking a year off my life. So this one, uh, I just decided to go up and feel good. And I, I feel great. My body doesn't feel worn down. Uh, I'm just I want a good performance tonight. And maybe 185 might be my new home. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like if all goes well tonight, would you consider staying up at 85? Yeah. So like I said, this fight, um, I don't think he's like a big Yoel Romero or Chris Weidman, like super freak athletes who are, you know, big. Um, so it's still up in the air, up in the air, because you know I don't want to fight those guys. You know I, I want to fight you know people who are are more like me. Um, so I mean we'll see, we'll see. Right. I mean UFC definitely back down to 170, but on the regional level, 185 might be the home. Right. So talk about you used to hold the 70 strat. Um, what would it mean to you to become the first double champ in CFFC history? It's huge, man. Uh, Case Fury has been my home since uh, I became a pro in 2012. And uh, I've seen so many people come through here. I've seen so many. I mean, uh, Anthony Smith's fighting for John Jones for yeah, the title. A couple in, weeks. In a couple weeks. Uh, I've seen a lot of people come through here and win championships and go on to that next level. And me being the first two-time division champ, I like I think it's huge, and I feel like that's going to catapult me to that next level again. What's the next step for you after you win your match tonight, man? I, I win, and I, w I want something big. So either UFC, 1FC, Bellator, uh, I want to take that next step and, and start getting higher competition and start getting my bills paid a little better. Yeah, that's the next step. Because you'd be 13-0, and we didn't mention it yet, but you bet you're a USC veteran too, so yeah. you had a couple fights. I think you won the first fight personally yeah. against Kyle Noak, but that was a – hometown decision as we see you know still today in brazil or wherever the hell you yeah. go if you go to a, someone else's country they're gonna get the decision yeah. but um what's it like fighting you're from jersey you're a jersey guy we're here in atlantic city what's it like fighting in your backyard this time That's i mean it. like mostly all the time when cage fury's around it's usually ac or philly like down the road yeah, from i here. live i live 30 minutes away from here atlantic city when uh when you're from around here you turn 21 everyone's in atlantic city every weekend anyway 
So I would sell 300, 400 tickets yeah. every time I fought, you know, uh, because everyone wanted to be here to, to party and have fun anyway. So uh, when that crowd, when I hear the crowd, when I walk out, it's like it gives me this like energy. It's hard to explain, but I just feel unbeatable. Uh, in Atlantic City alone, counting amateurs and pros, I'm 16 and 0. Mm. You know, and I really do believe it has to do with my fans. Like, I, I really, really believe that they like just give me this like superpower <laughs> that anyone comes here, they can't beat me. They can maybe, you know, give me a good fight or, you know, even when I fought Lyman Good, who's, you know, a top competitor, you know, I didn't lose. You know, we had some stuff happen. I just feel like I can't lose here. So uh, I really appreciate all my fans always coming out and supporting me. Our buddy uh, Eric, you, you guys can't hear him, but he's holding the camera now. He swears by your uh, entrance. Oh, yeah. he, he says you got the best walkout <laughs> yeah. in all MMA. How'd so, that come about, picking that? So the, the craziest thing is that uh, I was never, like, into house music that much. And uh, I started dating my girlfriend or my fiance now uh, back in, like, 2013. And she liked house music. So I went to, a like, a concert with her. And I remember just the DJ was playing and the song came on and I was like, this is like, this is a cool song. And the words just stuck with me, you know, and like saying that, you know, like the guy was prepared to die no matter what he's ready, yeah. like, you know, and that's how I feel walking to the fight. Like whatever is about to happen, I'm ready for it, you know? And uh, I remember doing Shazam on my phone and I was like, I don't think it's gonna work <laughs> for live music, but it did. And I got the song and it ended up being like a Dutch DJ that just so happened to be in Philadelphia one day and uh, it stuck with me. And then, you know, every time I fight, I get inboxes of people. What's the name of this song? What's the name of the song? So I feel like that guy should pay me for. Yeah, you're definitely yeah, promoting it for sure. Promoting that song. Yo, so we saw recently like Robert Whitaker, uh, I think it was last week, you know, he had to pull out of his fight day of. Yeah. Right. Do you feel like you're relieved the moment the cage closes? Because like all the other stuff, yeah. I, I know Jared in the past has told us how the hard stuff is just getting the weight down. Yeah, so there's a couple battles leading up to the fight, right? Uh, fight camp, you're trying to get in shape, you're trying to stay injury free, uh, and just try to get to the best physical and mental state that you could possibly be in, right? Then the weight cut comes, and the weight cut is, the, I think, the hardest battle of the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, for me, there's the stare down at the weigh-ins. And last night we had like an intense stare down. We stared at each other for like 20 seconds straight. And uh, like I would, if they would have let it go for 30 minutes, I would have stayed there for 30 minutes and just set the know, tone. Yeah, wouldn't have let, like wouldn't have moved. And uh, you know that. So that's like a battle. And then fight night comes, and you have all these nerves all throughout the day. So much stuff goes through your mind. You think of every way that you can lose, every way you can win. Uh, you think about the after party, like you start yeah. thinking about all this, you know, this stuff and in the back you start getting nervous, but then you get warmed up and the more you're warm you get, the more comfortable you feel and comfortable. And then you do your walkout and you feel that energy and you start feeling like, oh, it's time to fight. Let's go. There's no turning back now. And then as soon as you hear that click in the door, it's like, you're all right, in. there's nothing, there's no way to get out. Now. Yeah. You know, so now if I was at a bar and I'm in a corner and someone's trying to beat me up what am I going to do am I going to sit here and ball up and let the guy beat me up or am I going to attack yeah and it, of course we're going to go into attack mode so 
like it's, you're just ready, you know, and it's the best feel. It's the scariest feeling, but the best feeling. That's why we all keep signing up for this crazy shit. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. It, a normal person can't do this, but you have to be a little crazy and uh, you'd be able to be willing to go out and lose in front of thousands of people. For sure. You know, we, we've kept you long enough. I just got one more question on my end, you know, just to like brighten up the mood a little bit. You mentioned something about being like cornered in a bar. You ever had some weird interaction with somebody like when you're out? Because yeah. I know people will see the cauliflower and they might want to yeah. test you. So I can tell you exactly how it goes when you're at the bar and every fighter has been through this same thing. So you're sitting there early in the night and someone always comes up and they say, oh, man, do you wrestle or you <laughs> fight? And then you're like. Yeah, I do a little bit, you know, whatever. And uh, then they're like, oh, okay, okay. Can I buy you a drink? And it always starts like that. They always want to get you a drink or start talking about some athletic thing they've done before. And then they get you to drink, and then they start touching you. And they start grabbing your arms like, oh, man, all right. I think I could take you. And then they, like, they start joking. And then the more drunk they get, those jokes start turning into them really thinking they can beat you. You know, and then they, the, the touching starts getting a little bit more aggressive and aggressive. And then you have to tell them, hey, stop touching me. You know, you touch me one more time, we're, like, we're going to, you know, have a problem. And they you got the beer muscles and, the, uh, you know, most of the time nothing escalates. But, of course, there's been the, the few that didn't go so well. <laughs> That's funny. Like, I'm the polar opposite. I see someone yeah. with cauliflower. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. I'll stay away from that guy after the fight breaks up. Yeah. But um, thanks for taking the time, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. Um, any sponsors or plug your social media? Yeah, I mean, the floor's yours. For me, it's the fans that, that matter the most. So, again, I just want to thank everyone for always coming out and supporting me. You know, again, I think this is my 17th fight in Atlantic City. And I just have, like, the, the best crew of people here. And, uh, I just I wouldn't do it without them. Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks for taking the yeah, time. Man. I no really problem. appreciate it. Yo, so I I always like I've always asked Jared this question about how yo do people fuck with you at bars? Yeah. Just because I find this so interesting, man. And you know you heard Jonathan talk about it how it always starts off the same like people grabbing your muscles and shit and then they recognize your ears and whatnot. <laughs> and Jared always told us he's like yo people will come close up to my to my face and they'll recognize like my nose is all off and shit. But it's like dude like yo. Jonathan, also down-to-earth kid, mad cool, mad chill. And it's like, yo, you would never think these guys are fighters, but they're fucking savages. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, too. Like, if, yo, as soon as I see someone like that, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, yo, I'm not messing with you tonight. I'm good. I'm going to catch you at the other side of the bar. Yeah, and you it was... got to be an idiot to mess with people like that. Yeah, man. And it was pretty cool. We got some insight about the, the Cowboy and, and McGregor thing that he was telling us about. Yeah. Looks to be... I mean, Cowboy just posted on Instagram. I think he said April 13th or July... That he's ready to go. So supposedly he signed the contract too. I've read that on Twitter. They're just waiting for McGregor and I guess a date to figure it all out. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, so we went to the fights and unfortunately things didn't go Jonathan's way. Yeah. Um, he got darts choked uh, at the end of the third round. Uh, it was an interesting fight. I mean, he was moving up in weight like we talked about. So he was definitely undersized. That dude. It was it was a very noticeable. Right. Especially when he was difference. in his guard yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, it was no easy task uh he posted on instagram go follow him at jonathan webb like he said that he's done with 85 so he's back to welterweight um i don't think it diminishes anything honestly for him outside of the ufc because he's still 13 and 0 at welterweight or 12 and 0, i think it was at welterweight um undefeated still has that winning streak at 70 so he still has a lot to build off of so despite the loss 
I still think he's, you know, on the right track to be on, in a big promotion, like you said, by the end of 2019. And also, you see a lot of guys do this in the UFC, too, and, and even in Bellator, when an opportunity presents itself, like he said, like, yo, I got a chance to fight for the belt. I'm going to do it. Right. right? And it was also, uh, he didn't he need to cut weight the way he usually does, which was nice, as he said. He's like, yo, I was able to, you know, be a little more chill, and I could eat a little bit more that I like to eat, as opposed to basically starving myself for the most part when I'm trying to make weight. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. It, it goes back to remember when when uh, Khabib and Ferguson was scheduled to fight yeah. and then Ferguson got hurt and then like Max stepped in on like what? Eight, eight and a half days notice. Yeah. It's like, yo, you can't hold nothing against Max if he was still, he was in a he was in a win win situation. I felt like Max Holloway. And, and that's how I felt about Donovan, too, man. It's like, yo, this isn't my class. I was preparing for another opponent. I'm jumping up into your weight class. Right. I have nothing to lose here. I can only gain from this. For sure. Like you and I like I said, a loss didn't hurt. So we saw the same thing with Paul Felder, where he fought Mike Perry at seventy because he couldn't get a fight at fifty five this weekend or last weekend he moved back to fifty five, fought Vic, and now he's in the top ten again. Yeah. With four straight wins, I think it was at uh lightweight. So same thing, man. If you ride these these winning streaks at your weight class and an opportunity presents itself to move up and you do and it doesn't go your way, you're still in good shape back down at your weight. So you know, nothing, I don't think nothing to, you know, slide at for that loss. Um, also, his teammate, Sean Brady, who he talked about was the main event, got the fourth round finish yeah. uh, via TKO, ground and pound. Uh, that was a dominant performance. I was actually on a, his opponent's page, Taj Abdul Rakim, who's from Queens, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, he said he broke his arm in the second round. Oh, so yeah. Was, you saw it, though. He didn't really have much output yeah, he later didn't. in the fight. So yeah. it was kind of, now that he said that, it kind of makes sense. But, doesn't take away from Brady's performance. It was a dominant performance. Dominant as hell. Moves to 10-0, and 0, undefeated. And I think, I'm hoping, I'm going to the UFC Philly card at the end of March, March 30th. I'm hoping he's on that card, considering he's from Philly. That would be amazing. Um, he definitely deserves a UFC contract at this point. And, yo, also, uh, I believe it was the president of the CFFC. Yeah, yeah, Rob Haydack. Was on, uh, I believe it was the Luke Thomas show, yeah. big MMA uh, radio show. And he, you know, to use the wrestling term, he put over Sean Brady like no one's ever been put over. He said that, you know, when we mentioned in the beginning of the show, the names, the big names that have come through the CFFC, the president said, yo, this is the best prospect we've ever had. So right. That's super high praise, man. Hell yeah. Because these are guys that are fighting for championships. They're fighting in the top 10 constantly. And for him to be in that discussion, it's huge. And this kid is, he's exciting. He's, he's, he's dope. He's a pressure fighter. He he has all you know. I I hate sounding like a cliche, but he say he has all the tools to be successful. Yeah, and he just got his black belt, so he's yeah. now a black belt uh, under Daniel Gracie at Hensel Philly. So that's another notch to his belt. Um, but yeah, he does it all. So um, and he's young. He's only twenty five. So it's kind of rare you kind of see a a young buck like that ready to make the next step into the UFC. Yeah, and I I also want to. I think we should show some uh, uh, love and respect to the guy that. Paul Donovan too, right? That Kyle Dawkins. That's a name that or Dawkins. Dawkins. We'll probably see that guy in the UFC too. So it's not like Jonathan Webb lost to like a jobber in wrestling. Right. You know what I mean, like he lost to a guy who I believe he's undefeated. Also six and zero with six submission. Six finishes. submission finishes. So he wasn't guys. This wasn't no slouch that Jonathan was fighting. Right. Look out for Kyle Dawkins. Like you said, I mean, could be one or two more title defenses, and then he'll be on his way to the next level too. So I mean, he looked good too. He doesn't have. Like we talked about, he doesn't have much pop in his hands, 
but he's just well-rounded too. Like I, I could see him making the step easily, especially 85 is kind of a weird weight class. I feel like in the UFC, so it's wide open. I mean, there's a big fight this weekend or that just passed with Santos, who used to be 85. Yeah, no, that's lightweight. I'm, I'm bugging. He used to be 85. But yeah, I mean, he could step into the 85 division UFC, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So it, it was a pretty fun time watching uh, CFFC. But uh, a lot of other things happened, man. And this is what we want to, you know, just fill you guys in. You know, have a little fun here. Uh, boss and I being degenerates, we hit the tables, we hit the casinos. Yeah. It was the first time for me that I went to Atlantic City and I was around sports betting. I haven't been there since that got oh, yeah? legalized. Yeah, I haven't been to AC since then. You know, we nice. usually just shoot over to FanDuel. Right. So how did, what did, what was your vibe? Because yeah. we went to the DraftKings Sportsbook, and if you guys were following us on it, on Instagram, at Veterans Minimum, you saw some of the fun posts that I was putting up on there of us walking through the strip and whatnot. So how'd you feel about, like, DraftKings Sportsbook? How'd you feel about everything over there? Yeah, it was definitely much better from the last time. I went in July when it, like, kind of first got passed, and – I went to the Borgata because they were one of the first ones to be up and running with sports betting. And they only had like two windows and it was in the horse racing room. So all the TVs had horse races on and all the windows were horse racing betting stations. And there was two windows at the end. It was like sports betting. And they had maybe like a, it felt like a 32 inch TV on the wall with like the sports ticker. So I was like, ah, it's whatever. Like they're just taking bets. It's not like a, a like a. It's not like a book. Like, you don't feel like you're at the book, yeah. right? Like, usually you want to sit down and watch the game you bet on. Nah, it didn't really have that vibe at all. So, this time around, we stayed at a different spot, the Hard Rock. Um, they Their system is very similar to the Borgata, which was like eight, whatever it was, eight, six, seven months ago, where they only have a few windows and oh, you yeah. can't really stick around. It was horrible. And you proposed the idea, like, yo, let's go check the DraftKings book because I want to check that out. And that was pretty cool they had the stadium or it, movie theater seating I should it had say. more of like a vegas sportsbook vibe you right know? right it was they had more, the bar stadium seating i mean i keep saying stadium seating movie theater seating mad tvs they mm-hmm. had a few big screens for you know the main i guess games of the day for college basketball and it was pretty much all you could ask for they had a lot of uh machines to place your bets in, which was kind of different you know i've never seen that i right. never seen like a, it was essentially a kiosk right where you would go and you would put the bets in yourself which i understand it speeds the process up but you know it if, if that's going to be the future of sports betting i can see a lot of issues coming about that yeah yeah man because like you're not monitoring what people are doing you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like it's it's weird. I don't know if that is the future of it, but I, I like the old school way of the window. Yeah. And, and telling the well, I don't know if the bookmaker that I don't think that's the right term, but the person behind the register like, yo, I want to put this bet, this bet, this bet, in, you know? Right. Right. But what's nice with that is you can also see your odds right away. You can see the payouts. You have more options at, at your disposal. You know, I had, we had that incident where I thought I lost my $50 bill because <laughs> there was like a slot right underneath. So if you guys ever go to like a any machine where you got to slide money in, it's right. like right underneath it, there was this little like gap and I wasn't paying attention. I put my $50 bill in there and I called boss. Boss is watching the games. I was like, yo, can you come over to the window quick? He's like, absolutely not. I was like, no, yo, it's an emergency. You need no, to come you're, you're like, yo, for real, just come for one second. I was like, no, I have money on this Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. And then, I was and like, then you said it was an emergency. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, yo, you're an idiot. How'd that happen? <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it, it was cool. Like, it did seem more lively. Yeah. Like that area in particular too. Like there was a lot of people there and it was all-star weekend. Also a lot of college basketball, right. like you said too. Um, I believe there was a UFC card. The next day was the Cain Velasquez card. Right. With Naganu. So 
there was a lot going on. I want to see what that's going to be like come like football season. I still haven't gone to a sports book on like a Sunday. I think yeah. that would be a shit show. It would be. Well, we went for the Monday night game, which was like that was a good time. experience. Yeah, the, the, and, uh, the, that was a shit show. The, the Rams Chiefs. Yeah. So we also played. Uh, how how was it like the. What was the crowd like at the blackjack tables? Because you're more of a blackjack guy and roulette, nah, roulette guy. Yeah, roulette yeah. guy. I, I stay away from those, though. I got sucked into a $100 roulette spin that did, yeah, not end, uh, did not end well. Yeah. But uh, how was it? How is it at the tables, man, nowadays? The Hard Rock, cool. It was nice. It was uh, it was still packed as usual. The minimums were a little high. I mean, it was Valentine's Day weekend. It was President's Day weekend. So it was also a holiday weekend. So I guess they had you know the power to do that. Uh, but it was good. it was a good time. Uh, the players were nice. It was a nice casino. I mean, that was my first time at the Hard Rock. It was different. But I want to talk about my first time playing live poker. Or well, my second time. Uh, that was an experience. We walked our way down to Ocean Casino. Um, you actually, I was I was just at the sitting at the sports book. Yeah. And uh, you're like, yo, there's open seats. Why not? And I was texting my brother, who I play a lot of cash game at home with, uh, where he has poker nights and stuff. But I know all those guys, so it's different. Like, yeah, you feel you're more just comfortable bullshit and, and yeah, lose yeah, your yeah. money, and it's whatever. So that was my first time really playing cash because I played at a tournament with with you at uh, in Vegas one time, small tournament. Um, but it was an experience. Like I was, I was also on no sleep, so I, was, I wasn't as mentally sharp as I wanted to be. Uh, I took like a small loss, thirty two dollars. Um, but it was fun. It was tough. It was. I liked you know expanding my game of trying to read different players. Um, that was an experience when you talk about the pits like what were the pits like I, I want to talk about what the poker table was like because some guys are very stubborn and like didn't want to talk at all yeah, yeah. and people that sat down they were grilling them and shit like I was like alright like it's, I'm more here just like have fun it's one two it's nothing crazy yeah. but some some uh, older gentlemen were taking it very serious um, but some were more open like you know a nice hand good shit or whatever so that was fun for me even though I lost $32 a small loss but I was happy I got to test my skill against other players I, uh, you know, people don't believe me when I say this. I, I've never gone to play poker and lost at a casino. Like no lie. Cash. Cash games. I don't. I lose when I get fucking peer pressured from boss and Eric. They're like, yo, hundred dollars spin roulette. Let's do it. Let's see if it's going to be a good night. We all bet red black comes up. But (laughs) so the thing, the thing is, man, is like, you know, poker, it's a game of skill, right? We all know that, but it's a game where you control a lot of. What's happening, right? You get dealt three nine, you're not gonna play it. You know, so you have more control. It's the purest game in a casino, too, guys, for those of you listening, because you're playing the house. You're not playing the house, excuse me. You're playing the person to your left, the person to your right, the person across from you. So the house never loses any money. Like when the roulette table, if you hit on a number and you have the number, you're taking money from the house. So that's why they say it's the purest game in a casino. Uh it was it was interesting. The the poker room was kind of small. Kind of new. There was only like six tables, I think. Yeah. And there wasn't like any big games going on. I know the Borgata is like a legendary poker room. They've right. had like World Series of Poker events and whatnot over there. They have the World Poker World Poker Open. Or, or WPT, yeah. World Poker Tour. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. The Borgata so, Open. The Borgata Open is like a legendary, like a good legendary yeah, tournament the, the too. WPT, they call it. But uh, yeah, man, play, playing poker is always fun. It, it, it It's a nice... Marco was saying this too, how... It's not a fun game to play when you go with like a group of guys because, you know, you were at one table. I was at another table. Marco was at another table. Right. And you can't have I can't go and stand behind boss. Well, you can. You just won't have any fun doing it. I will, yeah, it'll be boring. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> you that's will true. literally not know my cards. You won't know who, like you won't know anything. Yeah, you don't know what's happening. 
But uh, it, it is it is a nice way to like kill your time. We played for about three hours. Marco was like, yo, I, I think I won like 20 bucks or something. But I just also killed three hours. And then we went to the, to the event. Uh, last thing as we wrap up here is um, for those of you that know me, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. Uh, huge wrestling fan. And for those that also know, CM Punk is second to Stone Cold Steve Austin as <laughs> my favorite wrestlers. CM Punk is the announcer and commentator for the CFFC. Right. He was in Atlantic City. Transitioning to MMA now. Yeah. Going to in the UFC. And now he's, I don't know, I feel like he wants to stick around the MMA community. He still trains at uh, Rufus Sport in Milwaukee. And now he got that commentating gig. So he feel, I feel like he's trying to work his way up in that respect. How, yeah. How big was my smile just looking at him? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> it was the weirdest thing ever. Like he was facing us because he was doing, uh, he was opening the show. Yeah, we had good seats. We were right by the ramp. Right where, by the uh, walkout people ramp and walking like out. three rows behind him. Yeah. Uh, only like a barricade really separated us from him. Yeah. So Nick, like I would look over left. I was going to go say something to him and he was just like, gee. <laughs> Just like cheesy, I see him fuck. I'm like, yo, what is wrong with you? You look like you've seen your crush for the first time. <laughs> I was like, yo, you don't know how big this this moment is for me right now. Yeah, yeah, it was hilarious. So. But uh, boss finagled his way into that area, and he was like, yo, come with me, right? And as I go to step over there, I get. I was trying to get you a picture because I knew how much it meant to you. I was like, yo, pull up. I was like, yo, come right now. Like I'm already, I'm right next to him. So because he was taking pictures with fans. Yeah, right before then. Uh, Sean Brady, going back to what we were talking about before, he, he was fighting, obviously, and his dad was by the by the walkout. Right, where we were. taking pictures and stuff, and he tried to get into the cage and whatnot with his mom, and the security guard was like, nah, nah, you can't do it, and everyone's telling him, yo, Big man, time asshole. A, big time jerk. Uh, they're telling him, like, yo, that's the kid that just fought, headlined the event. That's his dad. Yeah. He's wearing the Brady shirt, too. You know, like, let him, they're like, nah, nah, nah. So that's the same guy that grabbed me by my sweater and, like, pulled me back. Anyway... As you guys saw on the Instagram, it's up now. I've never been more jealous of you, boss. Because <laughs> boss took a selfie with CM Punk, and then uh, CM Punk just kind of like walked right by me, and I was heartbroken. It was devastating. Yeah. But we got, we got, we got a plug. Hopefully, Jerry could come through because they're boys. Yeah, yeah. There will be plenty of more cards. I feel like there's one coming up in Philly, but we'll be in Miami for it. Um, oh, CFFC. Yeah, yeah. Yo, it's cool, man. If you guys ever have a, a an MMA promotion around you and you want to go check it out, like there's something dope about people that fight. Yeah, and you'll, you'll never know who, like, you could see the next star on that show. And also, a lot of these guys have, like, wasn't Jim Miller in there? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, like, he was, like, someone's coach. Like, a lot of these, like, UFC veterans, are. wasn't Frankie Edgar at a card he that was, you went to yeah. also? Yeah, we got pictures with Frankie So you Edgar. see a bunch of guys that are, like, legit UFC champions or fighters, and they go and they support their teammates or whatnot, or their right. camps. Right, yeah, they corner these guys and stuff, so it, it's cool all around. It's, it's a great experience. And for CFFC, if you want to watch that, because they're a top promotion, they're on UFC Fight Pass. That's right, yes. So if you're a subscriber to that, I think it's like $8 a month or something, you can watch their events live, which is pretty cool. Catching yeah. a punk on commentary. Yeah, <laughs> and and avoiding me in uh, pictures. Uh, yeah, anything else? Uh, anything else you want to add? I mean, we'll definitely be going back to Atlantic City for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, nah, it was a good time. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to... See what happens with Sean Brady with Jonathan Webb. Uh, just want to thank him again for jumping yeah. on with us. That was uh, really cool. He really didn't have to do that. It was right before. It was a uh, fight day, actually, yeah. which is incredible that he even gave us the time of day. So I, we really appreciate that. Um, excited also, to see what's next for him at yeah. 70. And also for us, man, this was like our first, like, from a remote 
area like we actually went somewhere and we had we had the equipment with us and it was pretty cool it was legit you know right people were looking at us like oh who are these guys who are they covering what are they covering and whatnot so it was, it was pretty cool it was pretty neat right right so shout out to everyone that has supported the show to this point and continues to support the show uh no no personal plugs at veterans minimum twitter and on instagram and uh if you want to support the show patreon.com slash veterans minimum and thank you all for w- listening, and you'll be back with uh, baseball tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Thank you, guys. Catch you later. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.